The hardest thing about writing a novel is getting it published. Marianne Cushing. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Essence. Today's bonus episode continues our frequently asked questions with the question of how do I write a query letter? I do want to preface this episode by saying even though we have done extensive research for this episode, neither of us has been traditionally published. So if you have contacts and you know a better place to go, let us know. We would love to hear from you. But this is the information that we could gather that make query letters successful. So this should give you a good launching off point. These are the steps that I plan to take once I get my manuscript polished enough to start sending it out because I do want to pursue traditional publishing for my next book, but it's just not something that we've done yet. So we have done a bit of research into figuring this out because it is something we want to help you with, we want to pursue and deliver the best we can. We just want to let you know that we're both self-published thus far. Yeah, that's why most of our stuff focuses on self-publishing, because that is the process we know intimately. But we can't talk about writing without talking about writing query letters. This is such a major part of the publishing process if you plan to be traditionally published. I have gone to writing conferences in the past. I've talked to agents, I've talked to publishers, and asked them what kind of issues they run across. And they have flat out told me most people are not ready to be published when they're querying. They're just too young in the industry and too young in their own writing journey to be considered for a full big time random house contract. Understand that you may love the first novel you ever finished, but it's the first novel you've ever finished. It's probably not as good as you think it is. And I say that with all the love in my heart. And with my experience, I will echo that. I loved my first novel when I wrote it. I have since taken it off the market because it's not as good as I thought it was initially. So the red flags that you need to watch out for is that if your manuscript is incomplete or if it's your very first manuscript, you probably aren't ready yet. Another way to know that you aren't ready to be querying agents or publishers is that you haven't done the market research. Do you know what other authors your book is like? I am not going to compare my book, which has murder and terrible things happening, to The Diary of a Wimpy Kid because that is not my target audience. I know who my target audience is and I know who my competitors are in the field. If you know these things and you have a specific target demographic that they know how to market toward, then you're headed in the right direction. So the part about this is that you don't know the genre, you don't know the target audience. For my current book, I know it's fantasy, but as I'm writing it, I'm starting to realize that it's probably kind of close to a young adult fantasy romance, which is not what I was expecting. I was expecting an adult fantasy novel, like kind of romance, but not full romance, actual things. <laughs> but as I'm writing it, I'm realizing this actually fits better in this other target audience. 
So when I rewrite it again, I need to adjust a few things because now I actually know who my target audience is going to be. And that's going to help in me pursuing traditionally published because I can say, hey, this is a YA romance. It's going to be similar to something like We Hunt the Flame or something like Caraval. That's where it fits best. When I've spoken to agents and publishers, a lot of them are rooting for you, even if they don't even respond to your query. Know that they want to see you succeed, but they're seeing certain things about your storytelling that tell them that you aren't ready for either their particular style, where they're only looking for YA and you're writing grimdark, or you as an author have some maturing to do before you're ready for the publishing world. A lot of them would love to spend a day, an hour, a minute with you just to go, hey, these are the things you can do to make it that much better, but they simply don't have the time. So it's not that they hate you, it's that you might not be ready for them, or you might not fit into what they're looking for. One other suggestion that we have to help you know when to start querying is that there is a better time of year to query than others. For example, we just finished up NaNoWriMo at the end of November, which means a lot of people think that their wonderfully crafted, slammed together 50,000 words that they finished in NaNo will be ready to start querying around the new year. So, the market gets flooded, agents get flooded with ill-prepared books. Now is not the time to be trying to make your book stand out. It's also where a lot of the industry gets flooded with people with incomplete manuscripts. They decide for a New Year's resolution, hey, I've got this great idea for a book. Let's see if I can get someone to give me money to write it. So a lot of these people who aren't ready to query agents are entering the field and wanting to get in on the game without having completed a manuscript at all because of this New Year's resolution that they have. So realistically, your best time is around the summertime. A lot of agents are going to be out at writing conferences because they're looking for talent. That's kind of the time for it. We also suggest going to writing conferences, meeting these people face-to-face, because -face, that will help in the querying process, which we will discuss a little bit later. Before you even start querying, I would definitely suggest do your research. Understand who your agents are, understand what they're looking for, and make sure you fit their style. I personally am not going to query an agent who does literary fiction or nonfiction or self-help books. None of that is in my style. Publishers, same thing. If you are Stephen King and you write murder mysteries, do not query Scholastic because they're somebody you've heard of. If you're doing Goosebumps, maybe, but... A lot of the rejections that occur are simply because they're not a right match. It's like dating. You want to make sure that they're good for you, that you're good for them before you continue down that path. So with an agent, a lot of agents will specialize in certain genres. There will be an agent that focuses on fantasy or sci-fi and fantasy. You'll have agents that focus on young adult books and subcategories for there. 
If you see an agent that focuses on a lot of genres, I would take that one with some caution. It's just a red flag. (laughs) Like we tell you with your genres and your marketing and all of that, the more specific you can get and the more perfect a match you can have, the better success you're likely to garner from the relationship. An agent's job is to know the marketplace, is to know the publishers and who is looking for what in their specific field. They can't know what every publisher is looking for. And publishers, this is another place, do your research, figure out what they focus on. Some publishers will focus more on certain kinds of books, certain genres. I know I would like to submit my manuscripts to someone like Tor because they focus on fantasy and sci-fi. And I know that's where I want to be. That's where my author publishes. That's where I want to be. Listen to me, Tor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's my desperate plea there. Finish your manuscript first. Absolutely finish my manuscript. (laughs) So I've done my research. Agent A looks like a great fit. How do I reach out to them? You reach out to them through a query letter. A query letter is an introduction. It is a one-page letter you send to an agent, occasionally a publisher, but most of the time, big house publishers won't accept query letters directly from the authors. So it's a one-page letter you send to an agent that will get them interested in your book. Do not send out full unsolicited manuscripts to agents because they will just throw those away. They don't have time. They want the query letters in order to filter out what will actually work for them. And part of your research will be looking at their submission requirements. Some of them want double space. Some of them want single space. Some of them want a really strange font just to know that you read the submission requirements. Looking at their website and all of that should help with your introduction. So you can say, hey, I see you represented my favorite author. I would be interested in maybe blah, 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 the rest of it. Or, hey, I see you're interested in finding authors in the exact genre that I love to write the most. So there are basically four things that you need to include in a query letter. We will break these down further a little bit later. This is just a brief summary. First off, there's the housekeeping. You're going to include the genre and category of your book. You're going to include the word count and you're going to include the title. All of this helps them know at a glance if you and them match as far as dating profiles to continue the metaphor. It's like the quick little Tinder options there. And of course, you're there to sell a story. So have 150 to maybe 300 words describing your story. Just a little hook. You don't need to have a complete synopsis. That is often phase two. But have a little bit about the story. Law student gets drafted by his brother to go hunt monsters. Main problem, main hook of the story, really quick, like a sentence or two. If you're browsing Netflix and you're looking at new TV shows you'd never heard of before, there's that one to two sentence description at the top of the screen. That's going to be a good example of what to look for in this portion of your query letter. And then you have your biography note. 50 to 100 words about yourself relevant to writing. And I will discuss this a lot more a little bit later, but it's relevant to writing. You don't just say, I'm a small town girl that grew up in northeastern Oregon. 
yeah, no, this is not where you do that. A lot of these people want to make you a career author, so they need to know that you are marketable as well as your one particular novel that you wrote. They want to see that you have the dedication to be a career author, so they need to see writing history there. And the final thing you'll do is a thank you in closing. This is a single sentence, thank you for considering me, look forward to hearing from you. Simple and straightforward. Like Facebook posts and blog posts and all of that, the fewer words you have on the page, the more likely it is they're going to be read. So again, keep it to one page as much as possible because they're only going to look at the first page anyway. Think of it like a resume or a cover letter. You are sending this to a potential job application because that's what hopefully you will get out of publishing a book is a job. In our research for this episode, we came across a great article on Writer's Write. We will have a link to this on the landing page for this episode. But the episode is Janet Ivanovich's 12 Tips for Writing a Query Letter. So we're going to blow through those really quick. A lot of them we have covered, but I did want to at least mention this is a great list to keep in mind as you're writing your query letter. Her first tip for writing a query letter is to use a letterhead with your name and address in the top right-hand corner. She doesn't advise queries be sent by email. We will say check on this because some agents prefer email to letters. But if you send a nice, well-written letter on paper with a nice letterhead, beautifully designed, that will be eye-catching. It's also important to include contact information so if they do like the letter, they know on that piece of paper in that email how to get a hold of you to ask for more. The second tip is to make it specific. Address the query to a specific agent or editor. Don't make this generic. Don't say to whom it may concern. Actually include the agent name for every single person you're sending it to. That goes back to the research. It's very helpful to know who you're contacting. If you just blanket send out a whole bunch of them, they aren't going to pay attention to you because you aren't paying attention to them. The third tip is to start with a hook or snappy language, something that grabs the reader's attention. Small town girl from Oregon moves to Northern California. None of that is interesting. Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree. Starting with a hook of, even though my main character can't die, she's still being hunted by the emperor. That's interesting. Let's move forward. Let's read the next sentence with that. That hook, the entire purpose is read the next sentence. The next suggestion is to, in present tense, state precisely and succinctly what the book is about. So the example that Janet Ivanovich gave was... Out-of-work lingerie buyer Stephanie Plum blackmails her cousin into hiring her into the unlikely position of bounty hunter. I have read these books, and this is an accurate summary of the introduction to the book. This is the beginning of the problem. She thinks it might be a solution to the fact that she is broke, but it starts her on the path of the entire problem of the story. So that's what the book is about, is the problem. That's what you're going to be summarizing in the query letter. 
The next tip she has is for that bio, in a sentence or two, describe why you are the best person to write this book. If you've worked as a homicide detective for 15 years, then you can write a murder mystery with expertise. I have studied martial arts for more than a decade. I'm very good at understanding combat. Therefore, action novels are going to be something I am qualified to write on. This is part of the biography. If you have expertise in the area of your book, you include that. Or the expertise in writing in general. Do you have a history of getting writing awards? Or do you have a history of faithfully and loyally attending writing conferences year after year? Do you have a degree in writing? Something that shows that you're committed to writing specifically. Tip number six, keep the query as short as possible, one page tops. Number seven is mention the proposed length of the book. Now, if you have a finished manuscript, this is where you include the word count. Understand that's not going to be the final word count because if you get a publisher through this querying process, they will run it through another editor. This is also the time and place to include that it's book seven in a series or you have books two and three written and books five and six plotted out. And book four, I guess, dropped into a black hole. Understanding where you're going with the story is also helpful in understanding how marketable you will be. Tip number eight, straight up end the letter by asking if the agent or editor would be interested in seeing the full manuscript. It's like, I have it completed, just let me know and I'll get it to you. This is the call to action. In a lot of marketing strategies or simply job applications, you will include a call to action. The person that you've sent this letter to, here is my call for you to act and ask me for more steps in this process. Here's how you can continue this relationship with me. Let's go on a date. Tip number nine, and this is very, very important. So listen very, very carefully. Make sure the letter is grammatically correct. Make sure everything is spelled right. Double check everything and don't rely on spell check alone. Because if you make mistakes in your query letter, they will look at that and go, they couldn't even pay attention to a single page? Well, I'm not going to read an entire manuscript full of mistakes like this. Goodbye. They want to know that you are worth their time. If they are going to spend 90% of their time making sure your proofreading is good, they don't want to invest that kind of energy into your story. This next one is if you're printing it out and sending it to them or handing it to them at a writer's conference, use heavy paper. That nicer, thicker paper is a lot easier to handle and to hand back and forth and to make sure that it stands out from the big stack of papers they're collecting at the writing conference. Don't go all the way to cardstock because it still needs to fold easily and be handled easily, but you don't want it to be thin, easily torn, or see-through. You want it to be nice, professional-looking paper. Again, this goes with having the nice letterhead. It should look like a letter from a professional company. So I have all of this content, and I have the letterhead at the top, and I have all this text, but it doesn't fit on one page, so I'll just make the font really tiny, right? No. 
Tip number 11, use at least a 12 point font. You might be able to get away with 11 if it's Arial. I wouldn't suggest using a sans serif, but make it large enough to read at least. If they're asking for a sample of your book, they're going to want that double spaced. Your query, probably not. Look at their submission guidelines to know for sure, but at least a 12 point font. And again, if you're sending this off as a physical letter, make sure to include a blank, self-addressed, and stamped card. This makes it really easy for them to respond to you in any regard, because the worst thing in the world is submitting to your favorite publisher and them never getting back to you. So even if it's a not at this time, it is a great feeling to at least have had official rejections. And if that's not the case, if you've piqued their interest, then they can easily go, hey, send me page one, send me chapter one. So Janet Ivanovich says a stamped postcard. Other places I've seen say a stamped envelope. Either way, some way that they don't have to make effort or pay to respond back to you. So those are the tips to keep in mind as you're writing this query letter. Now we have a formula that will help you get started in writing, especially that first draft. This comes from the website New York Book Editors, which we will also include in the landing page. They suggest the first paragraph is the hook. In this paragraph, you'll want to include a connection you have to the agent. Did you receive a referral to them? Did you meet them at a writing conference? How do you know them? How are you connected to them? If there isn't a connection, if this is just a cold call, it's a lot more difficult, but you can still get into the action. Hook with something interesting. So an example that they shared was a query letter they received from Libby Cudmore from her book, The Big Rewind. There's no feeling quite so thrilling as getting a mixtape from a crush. In No Awkward Goodbyes, that carefully compiled selection of songs isn't just a way to express a secret adoration. It's a clue to a murder. So in this, you can see during the process, the title, No Awkward Goodbyes, eventually got changed to The Big Rewind. But you see she includes the title of the book and, while not explicitly stated, you know it's going to be a murder mystery. And the title is not the first thing in that. There is something that they can relate to. There's no feeling quite like getting a mixtape from a crush. That's something that they can relate to before you introduce the book itself. Just a one sentence hook. So like in that example, the other thing that you need to make sure on top of having that hook or those connections to the agent is including the title and the genre. And probably this is where you're going to include a word count. I've seen it popularly stated complete at 74,000 words so that you include that, yes, I've done my homework and it's finished. It's not a fantasy and incomplete, but so far I have 74. It'll end up being about 100,000. Complete at this many words helps them recognize that you're valid. In the second paragraph, this is where you will have the summary of your book. You discuss the main characters and the plot, but not the entire plot. This is mostly just where you're going to include the problem. Structure it kind of like a teaser or a cliffhanger. Don't lay it all out. That's going to take up too many words. That's part of the synopsis, which is a later or a different step in the process. 
This is a quick, brief summary of the problem and the main characters. At most, this should be maybe two paragraphs. The final paragraph would be that short biography, a little bit about you. Make sure they know that you are marketable. You have a master's degree in writing. You've won these contests for your writing. You understand this particular genre really well because you've lived it. So that is a breakdown of what a query letter is. You will be sending query letters to agents most likely. That brings us to our other question. Do you even need an agent? If you plan on doing this for a career for the rest of your life, to be making a lot of money on this, then you will need an agent eventually. If it's your very first novel you're traditionally publishing and you have specific connections with a smaller publisher, you might not need an agent, but you will want one later down the line. Most big publishing houses won't accept direct solicitations anymore. The author market is entirely too saturated. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people submitting their manuscripts to agents, to publishers. There's a lot to filter out. So a lot of them require agents to be that liaison between the author and the publisher so they can filter out a lot of the manuscripts that aren't ready yet. If you come across an agent that says, hey, for 600 bucks, I will represent you. Big red flag, walk away. Traditional publishing should not cost you anything more than the editor you hired to help go over it prior to submitting it. Agents take a portion of the money that comes to you. So if they help you get published, once that book is published, they get a portion of the profits from that. Just like the publishing house gets portions of the profits and you get a little portions of the profits. They don't get paid if you don't get paid. So Lee just mentioned that the only thing you should be paying if you're traditionally publishing is for an editor before you start the querying process. Why do I need an editor? I think it was about two years ago during our first Frequently Asked Questions series when we spoke with an editor for a small house about the importance of editing. And she said, well, you brush your teeth before you go to the dentist. It's a courtesy and at least self-editing to death. But having an editor help you understand your own novel from an audience's point of view is priceless in making sure your manuscript is the best it can be before it goes to a publishing house. An agent in a publishing house, they are looking for books that are very nearly ready to go. Unless you have already established with them, they are going to be looking for can I take this manuscript, make a couple of tweaks, and then throw it out into the world? They don't want to spend a lot of time on you yet because you're new. You're just starting out. So along with what we've said of you need to have the book completed before it goes to the querying process, you need to have an editor look at it because you want your book to stand out. You want it to look professional and ready. Well, I am almost done with my current work in progress, so I should start querying now, so by the time they get back to me, it's done. That's okay, right? No, 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 no. I know writers. We are procrastinators. 
we are terrible with being like, oh, I'll do that later. Or, oh, I can't figure this out yet. So I'm going to just wait a little bit. Or, ooh, shiny, this other book idea. Don't start querying until it's done, because if you start querying and you do get that quick response, all of a sudden you need a completed manuscript and it's not done yet. So you're going to rush the process and it's going to be terrible. And just like every relationship, don't start it off with a lie. (laughs) It's not going to be healthy in the long run. But more importantly, there's no hurry to publish. You're much better off slowing down, getting it right, than publishing it sooner. You want a killer debut, not a quick debut. And readers can tell if it's rushed. So earlier we mentioned synopsis. I mentioned in the query letter section that you include a summary of your book. This is not the synopsis. Synopsis is a different step. So what is a synopsis and how do I write it? I've queried you. You're like, yes, this sounds interesting. This sounds like something I might want to pursue. I'm not quite ready yet for the whole manuscript, but I am interested. Send me a little bit more. Some agents, again, this is why you need to look at submission guidelines. Some agents may request a synopsis at the same time. Some will request it later. Make sure you know which one. So your quick blurb in your query letter is 150 to 300 words. Your synopsis is going to be 500 to 1,000 words. Here are a couple suggestions on how to write a synopsis from Gene Friedman. We will include this link on our landing page as well. The first suggestion is knowing why the synopsis is important to agents and editors. This is the time where they get a sample of your writing style. Be aware, a lot of them won't look at your synopsis at all. They don't care what the book is about. They care about you and if you are marketable. This is why you want to make sure that they're actually requesting a synopsis and you're not just sending it to send it. We also mentioned before, like your short description in your query letter, this should be third person and present tense. So this character is doing this. Even if you're writing an autobiography, that will help them understand this story because if you're using a first-person I, they're seeing themselves, and it gets more difficult to connect to. And while this is a time to kind of show your writing style, get to the point. Leaner writing will give you a leg up. They want to get through it quickly. It's a synopsis. It's not fancy. It's simple, straightforward, to-the-point breakdown of what your story is. But it's not going to be that play-by-play. Friedman, when she is discussing this, she talks about a football game. If I am giving you a synopsis of a football game, it was nobody scored in the first quarter and then the underdog scored in the second quarter. It's not going to be they scored, he scored, she scored, he scored, she scored, she won. This play-by-play is less interesting than the emotional context that we're putting into the story. And that is the secret. Play to emotions. After an hour of nobody getting a score, the underdog got the first touchdown and went on to win the game. It's not the breakdown of actions. It's, okay, the underdog? Most people like rooting for an underdog. Yeah, awesome. I'm emotionally invested in that single line because the underdog was the first to score. Another tip is to avoid words that are new to your story. We would say 
Even in writing your novel, avoid as many new words as possible. But if you need to have a new word for this particular type of sword, go ahead and use it in your novel. Don't use it in your synopsis. So I actually saw this. I don't know if it was a synopsis or if it was a blurb on the back of somebody's story. But I was so very confused by their word choices. I was like, okay, it kind of ish sounds like a real word, but I've never heard of it. And it's got something to do with like pink hair, but it really confused me. So that's why you avoid these new words, the words specific only to your world, because they are confusing. We don't understand them yet. Please don't shove them in our face. We don't want to have to do homework in order to understand it. If we wanted that information, we would read the book. So a couple things to avoid doing. First off, don't get bogged down in the details of the story. Don't worry about secondary character names or the villain's backstory. Really, the synopsis needs to focus on the main character or characters and their problems and solutions. Also, don't talk about the themes and the moral of your story. Talk about the plot, the things that happen in the story, and leave the interpretation to the reader. Don't include dialogue from the story. You might think that sentence is really snappy and interesting. We don't know the characters yet, though, so it's not as interesting as you think it is. You only have a thousand words tops. Don't waste it on something as zoomed in and close as dialogue. And don't waste those words with flowery language. You see it all over the place. You've heard it all over the place. Show, don't tell. This is a time to tell. You are summarizing the moments, the scenes. That doesn't mean to cripple your writing style. They do want to see an element of your writing style. But go ahead and tell during this moment because you are summarizing the whole book. Yes, this is where you do your plot summary. Unlike in the query letter where you're doing a little bit of teasing, a little bit of cliffhangers, don't tease, don't worry about spoilers, don't make the agent work harder than they need to to understand the story as a whole. So you've listened to this episode and you have a killer query letter. How do you even begin to look for agents? Do I just go on Facebook and go, does anyone know of an agent? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it also isn't that hard. There are a few websites that keep updated lists of agents that are open for querying. One of the most prominent is Query Tracker. They have, I want to say, at least a couple thousand, possibly even tens of thousands of agents who have put their names on there and they can mute saying, hey, I'm not looking for it at this time. So keep an eye on those little icons. But click through. Again, do your research. Don't send it to everybody. Find the ones that are looking for something like your book and you're not wasting everybody's time that way. But Query Tracker is a great first step in just needing a list of names to look through. Another place you can go is Submittable. They have a lot of writing contests as well. If you have a killer short story, you're looking to add to your titles and awards in your bio. Submittable has that type of information. And they are associated with Published to Death, who has a list of a bunch of different publishing houses that are looking for stuff. Often they will say, 
no agent required, or you have to have an agent. So we will include the links to all of these on our website. If you have successfully gained an agent and want to share a little bit of your process, contact us on Instagram, Facebook, or our email, and we will gladly share that information with the rest of our listeners. Hopefully this has helped you. I know it has personally helped me to research this topic because querying is a daunting and terrifying part of the publishing process, but it is necessary if you want to traditionally publish. It starts, though, with your book. Finish the manuscript. Finish the book. Get it polished before you ever send it out. And that, of course, only can happen if you... Right, selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>